grab your Bibles and your notebooks. Are you ready for the Word of God today? Excellent. Yeah. We're going to talk about the power of one. We've been in a series entitled The Power of One, and we started with one person. We moved into one choice. Today, I'm going to talk about one act. We'll talk about acts, acts, becoming a person of action, not just thinking about it, not just hoping things will change, but getting involved and making a difference. Are you ready? Open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 5. Romans, chapter 5. We're going to start there. The power of one act. Romans, chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 18 and 19. The Bible says this. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God, a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. Because another person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That's powerful, isn't it? Write this in your notes, would you? Never underestimate the power of one act. Whether that's a bad act or a good act. Sometimes we underappreciate what a negative, wrong, sinful choice is going to do in our lives, in our kids' lives, in our church, in our community. It has a chain reaction. Never underestimate the power of one act. But also, positively, you make a choice to serve the Lord. You make a choice to surrender to God, to give your life to Jesus, to allow Him to be the author and finisher of your faith, to be your Savior and Lord. That one choice can have tremendous impact that impacts generations. Somebody say amen. Small acts, not just big acts. Sometimes we get involved in like, oh, I want to do something great for God. And, you know, many times our hearts are tested and we're prepared for those great moments for God by making great decisions one at a time, though they look little when they're presented to us. The one who is faithful with little will be given authority over much. And so I encourage you not just to wait to do something great for God, but understand that even the little choices you make to act in righteousness, to act in holiness, to act with good works, that those little things make a big difference. You can look at a small act of sacrifice. Even in the Bible, you see the widow who Jesus is watching all the offerings come in, and he sees this widow come with her little two mites. You heard about the widow's mite. And her act wasn't a great act. She didn't take on an army. She didn't take on a giant. She just sacrificed something that was precious to her, and she gave it to Jesus. She gave it to God. And you know we're still talking about that thousands of years later? It moved the heart of God. Small acts of sacrifice, something that meant something to you that you decided, I'm going to give this to the Lord. You know, there's even the lady who broke an alabaster jar of oil upon Jesus' feet, and she washed his feet with her hair. Again, a simple act of great sacrifice. Didn't seem like a lot, didn't seem like she moved any big mountains, didn't seem like something that would make the headline news, but yet here we are again. And Jesus even said, they will always talk about this simple act of sacrifice. Simple acts of sacrifice, simple acts of generosity. Simple acts of generosity, like the little boy who gave up his lunch so that 5,000 people who forgot their lunch, which I don't believe that. Come on now. You ever read into the scriptures? I do not believe that five to 15,000 people, depending on the scholar you talk to, that all of them forgot 
to bring any food. I know my family, if we're going somewhere, we know to pack some stuff, but this little boy was willing to give up his lunch. That's where the miracle is right there. A young man, a young teenager willing to give up food for Jesus. Somebody get excited about that. But it's an act of generosity. He took something that was his and he said, I'm gonna share this with other people. And look what God did, he multiplied it. Again, sometimes we're looking for the big act and we're waiting for the ministry to launch. We're waiting for our book to come out. We're waiting to evangelize to thousands and yet here we are being tested with these little acts along the way. You hear me, church? Those big moments, they happen, yeah, but we are proven and we are grown and developed through these simple acts of godliness, of goodness. And so this little boy gives up his lunch and Jesus takes it and, and blesses so many people with it. In the Bible, it talks in Luke chapter 10, just write it down, I've got a lot of scripture for you today and the notes are on the app, but I'm gonna take you through so much scripture which I encourage you to read through this week. But in Acts chapter 10, you see the Good Samaritan story. How many remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Raise your hand. In the Good Samaritan story, you have a, a, a person that was attacked by bandits, left for dead on the side of the road. And if you remember the story, Jesus is teaching, there are two spiritual individuals, priests and different holy kind of people who walk by and they literally cross to the other side of the road because they don't wanna get involved with this person who's dying on the side of the road. And then comes in the Samaritan, the most unlikely one, the one that isn't like the ones we would have anticipated to be the spiritual leader or the problem solver or the one that represents God. Here this Samaritan who culturally wasn't even looked at like the righteous individual, the Samaritan says, I'm gonna get involved. Would you say that? I am going to get involved. That's today. Today's about act, the power of one act. And that Samaritan said, I cannot just walk by this hurting person. I cannot just walk by this need on the side of the road. Other individuals stepped aside and saying, well, what if the bandits are still here? They might attack me. Or maybe they said, I'm too busy. I've got somewhere to go. I'm a priest. I've got to go do some ceremony somewhere. I've got to go lead a service. I've got to go do something religious. And they didn't want to use their time. Who knows what the mind games or the thoughts were, but the point was is they couldn't be bothered. And we're in a generation that needs the body of Christ to get involved to get involved, to stop talking about it, stop waiting for things to change, and to go be who we were meant to be, salt and light, and to step right into the middle of difficult situations. And whatever dialogue is going on in our head that gives us permission or excuse to not get involved, we need to take those thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ, and go be the solutions we were meant to be in the earth. You are God's solutions in the earth. Do you understand that? And so this idea of one act, we need to get back into the habit of acting again. Not acting like a play act, but like acts of God, acts of righteousness, getting involved. And so that's what the Good Samaritan did. In his example, in his story, he allowed himself to be bothered, to be inconvenienced, and to go out of his way. We have to be willing to go out of our way to do the works of God in the earth. That's a good place to say amen. You know, today, 
I brought my own handkerchief to wave it at myself. When I preach good, I'm gonna wave my own handkerchief at myself because that's what Pentecostals, right? We're like, come on, preach it, pastor. We need to allow ourselves to get bothered again. Not just bothered in here, but to bother our schedule, to interrupt our plan. Because so many times throughout scripture, you're right in the middle of destiny, but you didn't realize it because it wasn't on the plan. It, It wasn't something you were expecting, but you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Small acts of sacrifice, small acts of generosity, they can change someone's whole world, they can change a whole destiny. But you know, even acts of sin, Let's talk about the negative now. We don't play with sin anymore, my friends. We don't play with the devil. Sin comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's just the, that's the truth. And too many times we're playing with sin. Oh, it's just a, it's just a little thing. It's just a, a little habit. It's just a little addiction. It's just a little thing. But at the end of the road of that thing is death. It's your destiny's death. It could be your marriage's death. It could be the plans that God has for your family and other people's lives, death. We do not mess around with sin. Amen. But too many times, we still like to play with it because in our mind we think, oh, it's just a little thing. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Proverbs chapter seven. Let's go to the Old Testament for just a little bit. Proverbs chapter seven. Here we see in verse four, the Bible says, Actually, we're gonna go to, yeah, verse four. We'll start in verse four. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman, from listening to flattery of a promiscuous woman. Now, I'm gonna use this example of an affair and of a promiscuous woman, but the reality is it's sin in general. It's not just the category of an affair. Though if that's something the devil's messing with you with, then take today as a prophetic word. Stop. Thank you, Jesus. While I was looking out the window of my house, looking through a curtain, I saw some naive young man, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman. Underline that in your Bible if you have it with you. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed, sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She often went into the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. With a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Uh, You're the one I was looking for, and I came out to find you. Verse 21. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, listen to this, like an ox going to the slaughter. Amen? He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrows that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. That's powerful. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Do not let your heart stray away towards her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Say, Pastor Kevin, that is a really strong passage of scripture. I feel uncomfortable. But I want you to see some things in this. 
Because like I said, it's not just about adultery. It's not just about the seductive woman. It's about the allurement of sin in general. And it's the idea that it didn't start where it was fully manifested in death. It started with a little act, a little playing with it way back in the beginning. You can go all the way back to verse five, where he talks about being protected from an affair of the immoral woman, and it says this, from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. It started with listening. It started with opening your ear to temptation, to letting yourself begin to hear the words that the enemy would preach or this tempter or temptress at this point would preach, and you began to open your ears. It seemed like a small act. I was just listening to sexual music. I was just listening to, are you hearing me, church? Watching some movies that were just sexual in nature or whatever sin may be. And you just, it's just a little thing. It's just a small thing. But you know, it's the beginning. It's the opening. It's the door to let the enemy come in. And the enemy doesn't care about your pleasure. The enemy doesn't care about making you happy. The enemy just cares about destroying your life. But it started not with the death at the end, it starts with opening your ears to the voice, to the drawing and to the tempting. That's why we say all the time, be careful what you're looking at, be careful what you're listening to. It's not that we're trying to be super holy or super religious, but if you're not careful, it gets seated into your heart and it takes you places that you don't wanna go. Are you hearing me, church? But it started with listening. And then, notice, Verse eight, he was crossing the street near her house. Uh-oh, it went from hearing it to now he's kinda hanging out around where she lives. Can you see the progression? Can you see the progression? If he was nowhere near her house, he never would've ended up in her bedroom. But how many times do we again, oh, I can handle it, I can be around my friends at the bar. I can be around my friends doing the drugs. I can be around all this sexuality and sensuality. I'm gonna do this. And, but you're, you just keep getting a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. It's just one act, just one act, but in the end leads to death. And you can watch the progression. And again, this is not just the sexual thing. This would be all kinds of temptation. It could be drugs, it could be, um, it could be addictions of multiple kinds, sins of multiple ways, but the point was it started with one act of listening, then it progressed to getting near proximity, then it gets into allowing them to tempt you with what they say, and there's a whole progression here I could take you through that I don't have time for today. But I don't wanna just talk about sin and one act of sin and get you all concerned about that because here's the thing, the Bible says sin no longer has dominion over you. I don't wanna make the power of sin greater than the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world. Somebody get excited about that. We don't put our eyes on sin or Satan, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But it is important to be reminded because we can forget some things and we can get too close and playing with some things that we don't need to be messing with. But today we're gonna to put our eyes back on Jesus. Today also, not just talking about one act of sin, but acts of surrendering your life. Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior can completely 
and absolutely change and transform your life. That's why we do what we do. That's why every Sunday we give an altar call and we allow people to make a decision to serve Jesus. Because that one decision absolutely can change everything. It's also why I wanna continue to thank you for not leaving during the altar call. Just get excited, church, about that. We, We celebrate the fact that we stay and we give people space to make the most important decision of their life. Your lunch or your appointment is not more important than what God is doing in their life. And you leaving in the middle of an altar call could be the one thing that distracts them, gets their eyes on you leaving, rather than watching Jesus. Do not be a stumbling block to other people by leaving in the middle of the altar call. Pastor Kevin, that's really strong, I know. But we're getting serious about this because this one act of giving your life to Jesus changes everything. This is why God came and put on flesh and died on a cross and took on death, hell, and the grave so that that person could receive Jesus in one act of confession in that moment. This is the most important moment when we give people that opportunity. Why would I not stay? Why would I be a distraction? Nothing is more important in my timeline than this individual or somebody giving their life to Jesus. Amen. But when you pray and you give your heart one act of surrender to Jesus, you completely change. I'm gonna, I just wrote down the three things. Write these three things down really quick. When you make a decision to serve Jesus, you change your story, you change your direction, and you change your abilities. I love that. You're not just praying words out into the sky. That one act of faith, that one act of calling on the Lord changes your story. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's why we're excited about water baptism on October 1st. Make sure you're signed up for that. But God changes your story. Your story was one of being a sinner. Your story was one as being enslaved. And now your story is one of being a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now your story is you are seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple of the living God. Your story has changed. And you know what also changed? Your family's future story. Your direction has changed because you gave your life to Jesus. You were on a road to destruction. You were on a road to hell. You were on a road that was stealing, killing, and destroying your life. And now you're on a road that leads to eternal life. You're on a road that has purpose. Amen. You're on a road that's bringing life to other people. Amen. You have a new story, you have a new direction, and you have new abilities. Do you know when you give your life to Jesus, you don't just add religion to your life. You change. You change into, you went from death, you went from being dead to now you've been made alive. You went from being darkness and now you are light. You are so different than what you once were and we don't always understand that because we think, oh, I just prayed a prayer. I look the same, but in the eyes of God, you look nothing like you looked before. You look like Jesus. Come on. The way the angels see you, you look like Jesus. And you know what? The way the devil even sees you. If you woke up to who you were, you look like Jesus. That's why he has to flee from you. Because you don't look like you, you look like him. Man, this is good. Come on. That's good. I'm only 25% done. This has been good already. You're story has changed, your direction has changed, your ability has changed, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, because the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. 
Do you realize that the devil could have stopped one thing? He would have stopped Jesus from rising from the dead. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, and that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, which means if the devil couldn't stop Jesus, he's not gonna stop you. It's the same spirit on the inside of you. It's not a different spirit, it's the Holy Spirit, and you've been made that holy before God. You could not contain the Holy Spirit unless you've been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Your ability has changed. You're not the same person that you once were. You are more than a conqueror now in Christ Jesus. I love that. Sometimes we don't appreciate what that just said. You are more than a conqueror. What does that mean? It means you're, the word conqueror isn't enough. You are more than a conqueror. How do you do that? I just want to be a conqueror. And Jesus is like, no, you're not just a conqueror. You're even more than a conqueror. Somebody get excited about that. You are partakers, the Bible says, of his divine nature. Your abilities have changed. The other thing I want to talk about in the idea of the actions, the acts you do, is that your acts today may seem isolated to you. Sometimes we don't realize that what looks like an isolated choice, an isolated decision, or an isolated act actually is a part of God's plan, his eternal plan and purpose. Don't oversimplify obedience. There are too many scriptures that'll show us and characters that'll show us that one choice, one act of obedience today was all part of the plan of God for the world. I chose to kind of look into the book of Ruth. How many of you remember Ruth? If you've ever read the book of Ruth, just raise your hand and give me a big wave. I've read the book of Ruth. Great. Maybe you watch the veggie tale on it. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. As long as you've got some concept of the book of Ruth. But here's what I'll say. Ruth, for those of you who don't know her story, her husband dies. Her mother-in-law, her, her father-in-law, which was her mother-in-law's husband, he dies. Ruth's husband dies. And Ruth's sister-in-law, or the brother to her husband, dies. All three of these men die in a sh- some period of time. The mother-in-law, Naomi, she's going to move back to her hometown because she's running out of funds and she needs to go back to her family and hopefully someone will support her financially and she'll get her life going again. And Ruth makes a decision to go with her mother-in-law. Doesn't have to. Ruth is a young woman or youngish. I don't know exactly what her age is, but she was still young enough to be able to remarry. Naomi says, stay here with your people and, you know, have a life. But Ruth says no. Ruth says, I am committed to you as my mother-in-law and I'm going to go where you go and your God will be my God. And Ruth makes this act of commitment to Naomi. Are you seeing this? Ruth's act of commitment to Naomi, Ruth's character that would say, I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you. I want to make sure someone's going to take care of you as you are a widow. I'm not going to let you go back by yourself. To Ruth, she thinks it's an isolated choice of character, of sacrifice, of commitment. Are you, are you following me so far? She's thinking that action is for her relationship to Naomi. It's for this season of her life. She's just doing the right thing to take care of her mother-in-law. She's just making a right action for this season. But do you know that action was linked to something else? In her mind, she thought she was just acting in righteousness and goodness and character for what she saw in this season. But that action of righteousness, that action of sacrifice and commitment 
opened the door for her to become one of the relatives, I think it was like the grandmother or great-grandmother of King David. What? Yeah. But she didn't know that through her lineage, by acting in righteousness, acting in commitment and faithfulness, that King David was gonna come out of her lineage and take out Goliath. Oh, by the way, beyond that, the lineage of Jesus Christ. That her act of obedience, her action of sacrifice and character and commitment way back here, she thought it was an isolated act, but it was actually connected to God's eternal plan to save the whole world. Can you see this, church? Don't just think of it as a simple act. You obey God, you have no idea what that seed is gonna grow into by acting in obedience, acting in character, acting in faithfulness, doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Amen. Let's talk about the difference between thinking, desiring, and hoping, and actually acting. Because this is where I believe today has its greatest impact for us. It's moving us out of just thinking about it, hoping, desiring, to actually doing something about it. The book of James, say James, chapter two, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. You're saying all the right things. Are you seeing this? You even have a, a heart to say, oh, I hope they eat well. I hope they're clothed. I hope they have a good day. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I, James, I say, how can you, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Now we know we are not saved by our works. You cannot earn your salvation. We are saved because of Jesus' work on the cross. He sacrificed his life and he's the payment, the full payment for our sins. We do not earn our forgiveness or salvation based on the good things that we do. Are you excited about that? Are you grateful for that? Amen. We receive that by faith. We place our faith in Christ as the sacrifice for our sin. We place our faith in his good work for our salvation. But now that I have accepted Jesus and I have a new nature and I now have the heart of God and I have faith in my heart, now that changed life expresses itself by doing good things. You don't go back and continue to do the selfish, wicked things you used to do, and you cannot ignore other people who are in need. 
You are a believer in Jesus who came and brought you what you didn't deserve, and we do for others. We give to them, we help any way we can. We do not shut our eyes to needs around us. Are you hearing me? We are saved by faith, but the Bible says unto good works. You have good works to do. You're not saved by those works, but being a believer, being a man and woman of God, filled with ability, you're filled with ability to do something with it. Somebody get excited about that. We are not filled with the Holy Spirit to feel good. We're filled with the power of God to do good. To do something good. It's not about goosebumps. It's about setting the captives free. It's about speaking the life, word, gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about laying hands on the sick. It's about casting out someone's demon. It's about teaching and bringing light where there was darkness. It's about bringing food. It's about bringing clothing. It's about getting involved. Being helpful to the earth. Amen. There's a difference between potential energy and kinetic energy. You're like, wow, Pastor Kevin, are you a scientist? <laughs> well, I know. But I did sleep in a holiday and not, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, that's a really bad joke. Potential energy. Potential energy is a form of energy that an object possesses due to its position relative to other objects. It is the energy that is stored within an object and has the potential to do work in the future when it's released. I believe in my heart there are too many Christians that are sitting in the chairs stored up with too much potential energy. Do you see that? They're in relation to other objects and on the inside of them is the Spirit of God. On the inside of them are solutions to this world's problems. On the inside of them is the anointing to set captives free. On the inside of them is the truth that would make a difference in the earth if they would release it. Are you seeing me? There's all this pent up energy, potential energy, but it doesn't do anything. It's just sitting there, waiting. Kinetic energy is the energy an object possesses due to its motion. When an object is in motion, it has the ability to do work. Come on, there's a word. When you are in motion, you have the ability to do something because of its velocity and mass. The kinetic energy of an object depends both on its mass and square of its velocity. The faster an object moves, the more massive it is and the greater its kinetic energy. This is my favorite part, listen to this. Kinetic energy can be transferred from one object to another through collision or interaction. Kinetic energy can be transferred from one object to another through collision or interaction. My, my friends, it's time to transfer what's on the inside of you by colliding with the problems in this world. Amen? By interacting with those on your job, with those in your school, all that energy is stored up in you until it collides with something, until it moves into action, until it does something, and then it collides with somebody's brokenness, it collides with somebody's darkness, collides with somebody's needs, and all of that energy, all that Holy Spirit power of God can transfer into their life because you moved because I moved, it's good. I have this little example that came to me this week, just this little simple thing. I'm sitting, thank you Pastor Kevin, I can see that. And I hope for a glass of water. 
man, I hope to quench my thirst. I've had words of prophecy over my life that I will quench that thirst, that I will lay hold. That I will lay hold of that water. I prophesy to that water. Do you understand? I want this thirst to change. I want this need to be met. I know where that water is. It's all this potential energy, all this hoping and wishing and thinking. I've, I've had a prayer meeting about this, this need. I've gone to schools and Bible studies about this particular need. At some point, we have to just get up and go and get involved and take action. Amen. You can wish, you can hope, you can desire, you can pray, you can confess, you can declare, you can study. But there is still some part of action that you are going to have to get involved. You're going to have to get bothered. You're going to have to get into the game. You're, whatever phrase is going to help you out, you're going to have to act. I am going to have to act. There are some promises and callings over your life that will not come into fullness or manifestation, not because they weren't given, not because they don't exist, not because those prophecies were false or anything, is there are some things that are connection, connected to your obedience and to your stepping out in faith and getting started. Amen. But you might say, well, Pastor Kevin, doesn't God just know my heart? Doesn't God just know that I want things to be better, or I want things to change, and I have this heart for things to be better, and, and I have this desire to be helpful and all this. Listen, God values your heart. He looks at the heart. Praise God for that. But I'm gonna take you through some scriptures right now that are kind of sobering. Are you ready? Jeremiah 17, 10. But I, the Lord, search all the hearts. I examine the secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. God does see your heart. God does value your heart, your heart, but he's still looking and he's looking at our action. Can you see that? He's looking at our action. He's not just looking at your heart. Oh, they've got a good heart. They, they're hoping, they're believing for. You have to do what God has spoken over your life to do. You have to act. There's still action that God is looking for. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. For the Son of Man, this is Jesus talking, will come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and will judge all people according to their deeds. There is still judgment according to our deeds. It's not just what's going on in your heart. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your resource? What are you doing? Come on now, church. We have to awaken, because it's not just about hoping internally or having a good heart. We have a work to do. The Good Samaritan stopped and helped the wounded person on the side of the road. He didn't just stop with, I, I have a heart for those wounded individuals on the side of the road. I have a heart for broken people. He got involved. He crossed the road. He let himself be bothered and put out even his own finances and resource to help that individual. Are you hearing me? Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. I saw the, de the dead 
both small and great, stand before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will all receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. There is still accountability. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith, but there's still a moment of accountability to what did you do with your time? What did you do with the call on your life? Did you do anything or did you just sit in that chair for 40 years hoping for things to change? Or did you get involved and start bringing the power of God, colliding, interacting, bringing that energy and faith and power into a situation, moving from potential energy to kinetic energy? Amen. And I use the word energy not like in a weird new agey way, okay? Not a new age person. But I'm using the idea of it, of transferring what God has put on the side of you into a situation. Can I hear an amen, please? Awesome. Romans 2.6, he will judge everyone according to what they have done. 1 Peter 1.17, remember that your heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. You must live in reverent fear of him during your time here of temporary residence. And there's a lot more scriptures I could have shown you in there. We need to be people like our Lord and Savior. And like Moses, the Bible tells us, I give you some verses in the notes, Acts chapter 7, verse 22, also Luke 24, 19. Both Jesus and Moses, the Bible says this about them, they were mighty in both word and deed. My friends, you are mighty in both word and deed. I do not attest to the idea that we should be silent and just do actions. You have to speak. Your voice must be heard. I heard someone say once, we need to preach the gospel often and seldom use words. And I appreciate the idea of that. But I think you need to preach with words and your actions. Because you are saved by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Are you hearing me? If I can feed the poor and I can clothe the naked, but if I don't preach the gospel... I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, 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 it is the power of God unto salvation. I don't want to just be a feeding program. I don't want to just be a clothing program. People have to be saved by the incorruptible seed of the word. So speak. Do not silence yourself thinking that, oh, I'll just do my actions. Too many times we hide behind our actions and we don't want to say anything. You have to speak. But do not exchange speaking and being, doing a bunch of talking and not following it up with action, with righteous acts, good action, problem solving, getting involved, being helpful, solutions, amen. First Corinthians chapter four, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. Come on now, that's a good one. That's a good one to get excited about. I'm gonna give you, I have so many scriptures that I don't have time to share with you right now, but they're in your app. But let me give you just a bunch of action words in your Bible, and I'll go through them quickly, and then we're gonna pray, okay? 20 action words in the Bible. You're like, oh my goodness, he's gonna preach 20 points? Yeah, all right, let's do this, all right, let's do this. 
All right, number one, action words in the Bible. Number one, believe. Believe, that's an action. The act of placing your trust and faith in Christ. If you do that today, you will completely transform your life. Transform your destiny. Transform your story. Transform your ability because you believe. Repent, that's another one, second one. Repent means to turn away from sin and seek the forgiveness of God. Repent doesn't just mean saying with your mouth, I'm sorry. It means turning away from that lifestyle that you were once living. That's repentance. Number three, love. That's an action word. To show affection, compassion, selflessness to others. Isn't that what we're talking about today? Love is a verb. Amen. It's not a feeling. Pray. There's an action word. To communicate with God through your words, through your thoughts through your supplications. Number five, forgive. There's an action for you today. Forgive, if you need to forgive, don't just think about forgiving. Don't just go ask everyone else to help pray with you about forgiving. Forgive. Mm -mm. To grant pardon, to release from guilt and to release them from debt. Teach, to impart knowledge, wisdom, and spiritual guidance. Start to teach, start to teach, to serve to minister to the needs of others with humility. Number eight, to baptize, to immerse in water as a symbol of cleansing and initiation. Be baptized. If you have not been baptized, get baptized. Heal, yeah, that's October 1st, by the way. Thanks, Yadira. Heal, to restore health and well-being through the divine power of God. We must start praying for individuals that are sick again, guys. Listen, for too long, we talk about it we even go to classes on it, but some point or another, you have to lay your hands on a sick person's body and speak the word of the Lord that by his stripes you are healed. That we, in the name of Jesus, pray healing into your body. You can study, you can read all day long, and you're, sometimes people are waiting for some feeling that they're powerful or feeling. The Bible doesn't talk anything about feeling. It says go pray for the sick whether you feel like it or not, and start praying for people again. Preach, number 10, to proclaim the gospel and share the good news, number 11. Witness, share your story and testify about what you've seen the Lord do in your life. Be a witness. Follow, become a disciple, walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Sacrifice, number 13, give up something valuable for a higher purpose. Church, this is Christianity. These are scriptures, action words in our Bible. We are people of sacrifice. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our treasure. We sacrifice talent, all to the glory of God. Amen. Obey, there's an action word. To adhere to God's commands and live according to his will. To replicate, which means go and make disciples of all nations. Comfort people, that's an action word. Go bring comfort. You see somebody hurting? Go bring comfort. Don't just let them, here, let me say this. I just thought of this, just an idea. I'll believe it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when people go through great tragedy, we don't know what to do, so we do nothing. Someone's spouse dies, and it's like, we don't know what to say, so we don't say anything. Someone goes through divorce, and sometimes people say it's easier to have a spouse pass away than to go through a divorce because people don't know how to communicate because they're both still alive. Or someone loses a family member tragically or whatever. My friends, we have to go past our un discomfort to bring comfort to someone who's hurting. You see that? Even getting involved with special needs and buddy break, I get it. I've had individuals talk to me and say, you know, we appreciate your son, we appreciate 
all that stuff. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to say when I'm around a special needs person. I don't know what to do. And so then we do nothing. Or we walk past the special needs person and we don't talk to them. We talk to their parents, but we don't talk to them. Are you hearing me, church? Because we feel uncomfortable. I'm saying to bring comfort, we're gonna have to press through some of our discomfort in order to bring the comfort we're meant to bring. It's not about us being comfortable, is it? It's about us bringing comfort to somebody else. Rejoice is an action word. Endure is an action word. Share is an action word. And then lastly, encourage. There's an action word for you. Let's be people who go and encourage. And we don't just think about it, but we do it. My prayer today is that we begin to act on the promptings that the Holy Spirit puts in our hearts. I believe those are inner unctions and they're not optional, but it's God's wisdom prompting us to act. And in acting, we will change our lives and we will change this world. You were meant to be a world changer, not talk about being a world changer, but change in this world. And you'll change it by colliding, by interacting, by releasing what God has put on the inside of you into those around you. Did you get anything out of that today? Do you? Amen. Let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for this word in your heart, and then I'm going to give people opportunity to receive Jesus. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you have challenged us. Challenge us to not just hope and pray and wish, but you've challenged us to act. That there's a releasing of faith in action that you're challenging us today. I believe in this room and watching online, there are solutions to problems in this world. I believe there are ministries that need to come forth. I believe there are books that need to be written. I believe there are evangelists that need to start speaking. I believe there are teachers and politicians and leaders in this community and in the business arena that have solutions and ideas and businesses and companies and all kinds of answers to this world, curriculums that needs to come forth, move from imagination into reality, into action. And God, so I prompt them right now by the Spirit to get involved, to get into action, to get up off that chair, and to get in to the vision and plan of God for their life and through their life into the plan of God for this world. I give you thanks and praise for these things in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, church, would you just thank God and celebrate that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before I dismiss you today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means every one of us needs a Savior. The Bible says that the wages and penalty of that sin is death, which is separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so today we want to give you an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes for just the next moment. If you say, Pastor Kevin, that's me. I am not right with the Lord. I would like to call on him today. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You can't remember a time in your life that you ever asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. In just a minute, when I count to three, I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are and we're going to repeat a prayer together, and God hears you right where you are. You may say, you know, I used to have a relationship with the Lord. I used to walk pretty close. But if I'm honest, 
I'm not where I should be with God. I've walked away. I've allowed my heart to stray. And I would like to recommit myself to Jesus today. If that's you, you're welcome. When I count to three, to raise your hand as well. Are you ready? Simply this, when I count to three, if you need to get right with God through Jesus for any reason or another, never serving him, or you'd like to restart, just raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Would you raise your hand this morning? I am not right with God. There's a hand right there in the center. Awesome. Anybody else? There's a second hand in the back. Anyone else? Put it up, wherever you are. Three, four. Awesome. Anyone else? Five. Anybody else? Six, right front. Awesome. Six, seven. Thank you, man. Anybody else? Put it up. It's between you and Jesus, but this is an act of faith. Eight. Praise God. Nine, right in the back. Awesome. Awesome. Nine. Ten, right over here in the side in the galleries. Awesome. Praise God. You know, even if I didn't see it, you know the Lord sees it, right? Let me pray this prayer with you. All of us pray together so they're not praying by themselves. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. And I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate that, church? We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening.